Thanks for tuning in. I'm Shelby. And I'm Renee. And you're listening to The Creepy Burrito. We are? Yeah. Today's creepy burrito may leaving you feeling a little bit empty. We're not the only ones getting lost in the sauce. We're talking about the disappearance of Brian Schaefer. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky spook. <laughs> so, just to give a little bit of background, uh, in March of 2006, Brian Schaefer was 27 years old. Physically, he was... Six foot tall, two inches, weighing between 165 and 170 pounds. He had brown hair, hazel eyes, with a noticeable dot on his left iris. It was like a black flake. Fleckle. Uh, yeah, an eye freckle, mm -hmm. I guess. And uh, another distinguishable factor about him, he had a Pearl Jam stickman tattoo on his right bicep. He was in his second year of studying medicine at Ohio State University. He already got his degree in mycobiology and was going to be a doctor. Fun facts, he was also a parrot head. If you don't know what that is, he was a big Jimmy Buffett fan. Mm. He wanted to start a band, loved beaches, and wanted to own a bar one day. On a sadder note, March 2006, his mother, Renee, died of myelodysplasia. Milo what? <laughs> <laughs> so myelodysplasia is a rare form of cancer. Um, it's where you have immature blood cells in the bone marrow and they don't mature so they don't become like healthy blood cells. But he appeared to be coping with it okay, but he took her passing pretty hard. He was close with his mother. Um, she was a, a nurse growing up, which inspired him to go to college to be a doctor. But after her passing, he became a lot closer with his younger brother, Derek, and tried to get closer with his father because they had a little bit of a strained relationship beforehand. So he would call Derek, uh, his younger brother, on a kind of like a daily basis to see how he was doing and check in on him. So at least a little bit of light came from that. At the time, he did have a girlfriend, Alexis Wagner. She was also a second-year medical student. They were together for about a year um, at the time of his disappearance. And Brian and Alexis were planning on leaving for spring break vacation to Miami. Uh, they were going to be leaving on April 3rd of 2006. His friends and family believed that Brian was going to propose to Alexis during the romantic vacation to Miami. Aww. Yeah. Kind of sweet. But unfortunately, oh, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a spoiler right now. Oh no, sorry. So Friday, March thirty first, two thousand and six, Brian wrapped up his classes so that he could start on his spring break. It was his last day, uh, and he had a celebratory dinner with his father, Randy. Nice. His dad noticed that he looked pretty exhausted from. Cramming for medical exams. Um, right. I, I feel like that that's not the best thing in the world. I could imagine. Yeah. I've seen Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> oh. I know how hard that Meredith Grey works. <laughs> <laughs> it's an exhausting life, as I have seen. So, Brian uh, told his father over dinner what his plans were for the night, that he was going to go out and celebrate with some friends. 
His father didn't really think that it was the best idea because he looked so exhausted, but didn't tell Brian that. So Brian was last seen wearing a short-sleeved olive green shirt with a long-sleeved white shirt underneath, blue jeans. Yeah, so like the polo over a long sleeve. You remember mm. you remember that look. Very 2006 mm, Very 2006. Uh, some blue jeans, Adidas shoes, yellow cancer awareness bracelet. Mm. Your typical average college male wear yeah. of the time. Okay. Painted that picture nicely for me. Thank you. Thank you. I did my best. 9 p.m. He met with his friend William Clint Florence. At the Ugly Tuna Saluna in um, downtown Columbus. The what? And the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Just making sure that's what I think. Yeah, I'm going to say it like approximately 90 additional times the rest of this episode oh, because I like to say it so... I'm glad because I would have asked you to say it a thousand times anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to paint the picture of the Ugly Tuna Saluna in downtown Columbus, uh, there was a review that said it perpetually smells like a mixture of Axe body spray and stale vomit. What a Yelp review if I've ever heard one. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Yeah, so it was a it was a college go-to place, dive bar, where you can get hammered for very cheap amount and over-serving and all of that beautiful stuff. People oh, always just ended up puking everywhere. Uh, 10 p.m., Brian talked with his girlfriend Alexis on the phone uh, because she was home visiting family in Toledo before they were leaving on their vacation to Miami. Uh, At some point during the night, he did speak with his younger brother Derek on the phone. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get an exact time stamp on this, but he spoke with his younger brother. They were trying to meet up at some point that night. Derek and his girlfriend had just left a comedy club in Columbus, and it was starting to get a little bit too late for them, so they decided to go somewhere closer to home, meet with friends at a local bar instead. I would do the same. Which is understandable. If I go to a comedy club, mm, I probably just want to go to bed. Also, I mean, like, I know you can drink at comedy clubs and stuff, but I feel like if you're not, like, on that same level as somebody who had been drinking at a bar for, like, hours, you're like, mm. Yeah, when you're drunk, you're like, let's keep raging. Yeah, right. And then someone's at a comedy club, and they're like, mm, I think I'm just I'm going to be, I'm, it's like 11 o'clock at night, maybe I'm going to just not do yeah. that. I can't rage right now. Too late to start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When it's too late to the game, it's just, yeah, you no. can't catch up. Or you do catch up, and then you end up speeding up Yeah. very fast. <laughs> just puke all over that ugly tuna saluna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then back into it. Around 10 p.m., this is when Brian and Clint decide to go bar hopping down North High Street. Based off of Clint's statement, each bar they would go to, they would have a shot of hard liquor. At 12 p.m., they meet with Clint's friend, Meredith Reed. She picked him up at the bar that they had ended at to bring them a ride back to the Ugly Tuna Saluna mm. so that they could have some final drinks and there was a live band playing at 1.15 a.m., the three of them were seen on video surveillance going up the escalator to the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Because this bar, it's kind of like in a plaza building. So it's on the second level. The building, it was going under like construction at the time. So the first level, they were trying to put like a new store in. So there was construction, like parts dug up, and it was closed off with plywood and like chains. Safe! <laughs> yeah. Brian had separated from Clinton Meredith while the band Roadhouse was playing. Some sources claim that he told Clinton Meredith that he was going to talk to a member of the band. At 1.55 a.m., Brian is seen outside the bar speaking briefly to two young women. Uh, later was investigated 
Uh, it was Amber and Brighton were the two girls' names. Brighton stated that they were still there for a few minutes after they move off a of camera at 1.55 a.m. Because uh, she went to the bathroom and he was still there, like, in the area mm-hmm. when he got back. He was just out of the camera's view. And Brighton had given him her number. Oh. Put it in his phone. Oh. Yep. The fuck, Brian? <laughs> no. Well, Alexis, in one of her statements that I had seen, said that she knew of both of these girls. But there's mixed reviews on that. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen multiple points. She said that she was part of their friend group. Okay. So that gives you the timestamp. 1.55 a.m., possibly a couple minutes later, because from 1.55, they had moved slightly out of view. She went to use the restroom, and he was still there um, mm-hmm. on the outside of the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Mm. At 2 a.m., the bar is closing. Wait, which bar? The Ugly Tuna <laughs> Saluna. Sorry, I just got confused for a second. (laughs) You're welcome. Don't worry. I'm here for you. So Clint and Meredith, still inside the bar, assumed that he went to the bathroom or he was still chatting with other people or the band. Uh, They began to call him and every call went unanswered. And then they came to the assumption that maybe Brian left on his own, walked home because he only lived about six blocks away from the bar. Oh, okay. I mean, it's not outlandish to think that he would have walked home if yeah. he only lived six blocks away. Like, maybe he was Especially just... Especially if there's, like, a band in the bar and, like, maybe you just get lost in the crowd. Right. You know what I mean? And you just decide to make your own way home. Yeah, you're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Just... Yeah. So, that's what they did. They said, ah, oh, fuck it. Yeah. They went home. Okay. Not really thinking anything of it. So, we're gonna roll on into April 1st. So, Alexis tried calling Brian the next morning... All of her calls went straight to voicemail. She was like, mm, maybe he's hungover. Right. You know, that's understandable, like, if you were out celebrating the night before. She kept calling as the day went on and became worried that she wasn't getting a hold of him. Mm-hmm. She called his father, Randy, who went in to check on Brian's apartment. Randy checked on the apartment, arrived. Everything looked normal. His car was there. Bed was made. So if your bed's made, you assume that... You haven't slept in it. Or he woke up and made it, but you're Mm. hungover as fuck. Yeah, if you're hungover... mm. You get straight up out of bed and go to the bathroom. Yeah, or you don't even get out of bed. You just go bathroom in your bed. Yeah. (laughs) The bed is the bathroom. I don't do that when I'm hungover, I swear, guys. Just kidding, she does. (laughs) I actually wear it depends. (laughs) (laughs) When the night starts and I'm drinking, I just throw on my diapy. <laughs> you don't have to worry about losing me in the bathroom You're because good. I'm wearing my diaper. <laughs> because I'm going to the bathroom right now. But anyways. Anyway. In my human diapy here. Um, there was no sign of Brian anywhere. And they start to think shit is really wrong when Monday morning Alexis went to the airport for their flight to Miami Brian missed their flight and did he even oh. show up to the airport. So she actually went there mm-hmm. and waited for him. Yeah, she went to the airport, waited oh, for him. Shit. He didn't even show up because they had already bought their tickets, paid for it. So she just went there hoping that, oh, maybe he'll just show up. Yeah, like what if he's staying at a friend's house, you know. Oh, that sucks. Because uh, Clint and Meredith, they were actually house-sitting for a professor so, like, what? maybe he joined along with them or, like, was trying to help okay. out. Maybe he stayed over there for them. Okay. Who knows? 
she didn't know at that point yeah. because she hasn't spoken with him. So she just went she to the just, airport Monday, like knowing that he would be there. Right, because they spent so much money on these tickets. Mm-hmm. Why would he not be there? Exactly. Okay. Um, and on Monday, his younger brother Derek thought maybe this was just like a really bad April Fool's prank. Like, oh yeah. God. <laughs> So he drove over to the apartment, lights were on, thinking, oh, great, he's, he's home. He's there. Yeah, he's okay. back home. But no, it was just Alexis at his apartment, and that's when he knew something was wrong. Oh. Uh, so at that point is when they contacted the Columbus Police Department to file a missing persons report. Yeah. So uh, Sergeant John Hurst led the investigation and had started at the Ugly Tuna Saluna, where he was last seen, so that they could watch that security footage Mm -hmm. so we're gonna go through a little bit about these security cameras oh great okay so there was the security camera that was obviously in that front entrance of the bar saw them oh and there's no cameras on the inside of the bar oh great great yeah so that whole area you're not gonna have them it's only at the exits so the front exit it was a panning camera so it's one of those ones that moves, moves across so left it, to right you could have missed him oh that's bullshit and they do have a fire exit but it was um manually operated and it covered like the dumpster area and where the construction was and also another thing fun fact about that fire exit the alarm doesn't go off oh so you can use it and just walk out no so basically it's just an exit <laughs> Basically. Gotcha. And this was a a pretty sketchy area at the time. They had a really high crime rate. Fun fact, Columbus has the most security cameras in any city of Ohio, more than Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Toledo combined. Wow. Yeah, so that's a lot of footage. That's telling you something. Yeah. Wait, all this fucking footage and they don't know what the fuck happened to this dude. Exactly. The fuck? One more exit to talk about. So there was a service door. This was the building's other exit, not generally used by the public. So, So like, where they got deliveries? Yeah, deliveries. Beer and uh, stuff? Okay. Or also was, like, the band exit. So, like, if Mm. they had live bands coming in or leaving or or workers, stuff like that, um, they would use the service door. So this service door, it wasn't generally used by the public, but it, it did have a camera in it. Okay. Like, the band, they were seen on that camera going down the hallway to the back exit. This opened up to, like, the construction site and what was uh, ongoing in the area and to, like, the dumpsters that were in the back. The police reported that it was difficult to walk through while sober, less much less, like, intoxicated. You had to maneuver around yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah, because... Uh, I don't know, it was hard to walk through, like, with the construction that was going on. Right. So it was kind of hazardous. Mm. They did review, like, footage from other bars in the area or, like, surrounding areas, but there was still no trace of the Brian either. So moving on to some of these police actions, what did they do to try to find this kid? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> All right, great. They did have cadaver dogs searching campus grounds. No scent was picked up inside the building. Uh, There was possible scent on the outside of the building, but they're not sure if it was related or not because it was by, like, a Wendy's. So they're not sure if the dogs were just picking up on uh, Hungry for some Wendy's, a 4 for 4 type of deal, looking for it. Um, Everything I do in my life. It's just looking for a Wendy's. Looking for Wendy's. Um, So, I mean, the police did check out the Wendy's security (laughs) footage 
just in case. Because, I mean, if you're a yeah. drunk person leaving a bar, like, I would Hell also yeah. follow my nose to Wendy's. Hell yeah. I would try to walk through that drive through and then order some shit, even though I'm not in a car, so. I'm following it. I'm following it. But they didn't find anything. Of course. Uh, they did start inspecting dumpsters, other waste containers to see if maybe someone had... Dumped them. And dumped them, got rid of even dumps. But unfortunately, that was also dead in there. Right. Nothing. They went around asking residents, hospitals, taxi services, like, have you seen this kid? Has anyone been Ooh. brought in? Anyone asking for a ride, like, with taxi services to get back home or anywhere mm-hmm. else? Nothing. Uh, they started putting up flyers with Brian's picture um, and also including that identifying factor of the tattoo, the Pearl Jam tattoo. And in a concert later that year in Cincinnati, lead singer Eddie Vedder, he did take time in between songs to ask for tips for on Brian's disappearance. Aww. Uh, a lot of people did write in, but none of them were useful, didn't lead mm. anywhere. What a great guy, though. I know. Eddie Vedder. What a man. What a man. Can't find a better man. <laughs> oh, that was that was the dopest. I'm so proud of you right now. Thanks. Can't get any better than that. I'm sorry. Mm. I had I couldn't I could not. Mm, I tried 10. to think of a different one and I did, but the Eddie better. Eddie. You can't not. You can't get any better than that. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Enough. Two times enough. Um. Okay. They did also persuade the city to let them into the sewer system. See if maybe he was up there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Nothing, Unfortunately, though, of course. Yeah. nothing. And now we are moving into polygraphs, or also known as lie detector testing. So they did start investigating people that were last seen with Brian that evening, also including his own father, Randy. Oh, wow. So all of them were asked to take lie detector tests. Meredith Reed and Randy Schaefer, they both passed theirs as reportedly all others that had spoken with them that night. Okay. Except for Clint. No. Florence had refused to take a lie detector test. Refused? Mm-hmm. Uh, his reasoning was he didn't have anything to hide. He merely told everything that he knew from the beginning and felt no value in doing so again. What? Yep. And also, fun fact, we'll go into this in a little bit more detail later, but he did also lawyer up at that point. What? Mm-hmm, sure did. Only one to do so. <sighs> but I digress. Okay. Amber and Brighton, those were the two girls that were last seen talking to him at uh, outside the Ugly Tuna Saluna. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they were never asked to take a lie detector test. Um, And just a heads up, so if you do look into this uh, disappearance or investigation further, it is still considered an open investigation. So you're going to find limited information that's been released on this. So, like, if you're looking for specific interviews or anything like that, you're going to have a hard time finding anything. And also, it was in 2006, so even some of the early newspaper articles that were on this case have also, like, you can't find them. Yeah, you gotta Yeah, like, you're gonna see different gaps uh, in the sources and information. Dig super deep for that shit. Honestly, to me, if it's not on the first page of Google, it doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's just my <laughs> anything past page one of google is trash it's, apparently it's not there quote renee yep now we're gonna start traveling down on these dead ends that we got and there's a couple so dead end number one may 11 2006 
Someone kicked in Brian's apartment door and stole some electronics. Uh, the police, they did contact Alexis to see, like, what items were missing or what was stolen. She confirmed that there was a TV and DVD player that were reported missing, mm-hmm. but that was it. She couldn't see anything else that was of significance. So the police had determined that this was an unrelated incident. Someone just decided to break into his apartment Some because they're assholes and asshole. knew that he was gone. Yeah. Fucked up. Moving on to the next dead end, and this one's kind of sad. Oh, no. So... Alexis called Brian's phone every evening before going to bed. Oh, no. Uh, Usually it went to voicemail, but one September night, it actually rang three times. Oh, no. Uh, And then she had posted on MySpace, because this is 2006. She said, I kept calling it to hear it purely because it was one of the best sounds I've ever heard, even if no one picked up. Oh, my God. That's so sad. Yeah. So it gave her the hope that he was still out there. Yeah. Like, maybe his phone turned on for, like, a half a second and Mm -hmm. rang. That's so sad. The police did investigate this further. Um, They contacted Singular, which was Brian's wireless provider. They said that this was probably due to, like, a computer glitch. There was a ping from the phone that was detected in Cell Tower in Hilliard, uh, which was about, like, 14 miles northwest of Columbus. So uh, what they said had caused it. So depending on the time that you're calling someone, the traffic to the cell tower, if it's busy, it will ping over to like the next closest cell tower. So that's what they believe had happened. Um, So that was another dead end. Sorry. Very (laughs) sad though. Now, after the disappearance, Randy's father, he did set up a website so that they could get tips from the public, and also it contained, like, different photos and Brian's story. Just get awareness out there. Get awareness out there, correct. Yes. So, they started getting tips pouring in by email and through, like, their website. And this is a shitty hoax. This is the worst. (sighs) I hate this so much. It just proves that people are trash. So, someone called Jesus claimed he knew what had happened. That Brian was battered unconscious by two black men after a clash at the Ugly Tuna. Brian woke up. He had a big black penis in his mouth. Ow. Then he said that they shot him in the head, burned his body, and had sex with his ashes. Um, I'm not sure if they were trying to be diabolical and... It's spelled as Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, so I don't know if they were just trying to be funny, diabolical pieces of shit, but uh, it was determined that this was a hoax... Someone was just being the worst and trying to lead this family into more turmoil than they already were in. That's garbage. Yep. Trash. Trash, Mm. trash, trash. Wow. So if you actually have tips, sure, come forward. But um, if you don't, don't destroy a family that's already destroyed. Don't try to derail a fucking investigation. Like, who the fuck says that? Mm. That's so messed up. I don't know. Someone that needs a lot of therapy, I guess. Uh, Yeah. There were a couple other tips that came forward, but unfortunately they were dead ends as well. There was a woman that thought she had saw Brian in Atlanta, and then also a separate person that thought they had seen him in Sweden. Unfortunately, those were investigated, both dead ends, Mm. weren't able to find anything. And we're about to get even sadder. Oh, no. Yeah. So September of 2008, there was a heavy windstorm in central Ohio. And Randy Schaefer was out there trying to clear his yard, cleaning up some of the the debris that were down. Yeah. A branch flew off from the nearby tree and fatally struck him. Fatally. Fatally. Dead. Dead. What? Yeah. The neighbors found his body the next morning and then called the police. 
Oh my god, so he was out there the whole... Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. But this is also uh, what led to another dead end. So he had one of those, like, online obituaries, like, after he had passed, where you can have, like, a condolence book. Right, right, okay. Uh, someone had left a, a post there that had the signature, To Dad Love Brian, and it was postmarked as the U.S. Virgin Islands. This is, like, suggesting that Brian might have left Columbus for a new life. But this was, like I said, a dead end. It was posted from a computer that was in Franklin County and was also determined to be a hoax. So someone was just an asshole. Trash people. (laughs) Trying to pretend to be Brian still alive out somewhere and posting to his dead father. (sighs) Yep. One thing I did want to bring up, because Randy, he was a sweet man. Prior to his passing, Randy Schaefer joined with, like, other families that had missing family members so that they could pass a bill establishing a statewide protocol for disappearance cases like this. At the time that Brian disappeared, it was left up to individual departments on how they would want to handle the cases. A lot of the parents felt that the investigations for their relatives' uh, disappearance had suffered. Like, they weren't getting the information that they needed or updates on the case or knowing that it was still an ongoing investigation. Nor is it fair. Yeah. yeah you know. Trying Not to... one person's missing person is more important than another missing person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So, all of these families, they, they got together and by the time that Randy had died, uh, the bill, it did become law. Yeah. Aww. So, it's a silver lining. So... We are going to start to dip into what are the possible theories? Where did Brian Schaefer go? I need to know. Tell me. Where did he go? Where did he come from? (laughs) Where did he go? Where did he come from? Cotton Cotton Eye Eye Joe. (laughs) So, theory number one. Mm -hmm. Brian left to start a new life. He was under a lot of stress at the time, so he was coping with the death of his mother. Her funeral was only 25 days before he had disappeared. Oh. Yeah. So it was that close together. Wow. Some people theorize that he was questioning his study, his career choices to be a doctor. And then also there was rumors of perhaps his sexuality. I don't know if I necessarily believe that because the interviews that I saw from like his close family or friends didn't have anything supporting that. Mm. Um, and also they thought that he was going to be proposing to Alexis on right. this vacation that they were supposed to be going on. But anyways, I digress. So did he feel trapped in his life and these major life decisions? Because that's a lot of stress to harbor, like, all at once. Right. Another supporting factor of this, he did post on MySpace, I really loved music. And this whole doctor thing is really just a job, only temporary, until I can get my band together, put out a record. I want to own an island someday, or at least a beach, so I can listen to Jimmy Buffett all day, drink margaritas with my senorita. So people use that to to back up this theory that he wanted to leave to start a new life. But, I mean, even with that post, he even talked about taking his senorita with him. Mm, Is like, what I was thinking based off of that. Right, so... Or that he would have some partner, mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, yeah, that could be supportive evidence, but also at the same time, he who can... doesn't have escapism at some point exactly. in their adult life? Who the fuck doesn't want to own a private island mm-hmm. and listen to Jimmy Buffett, kinda, and kinda. <laughs> drink margaritas with their senorita? Exactly. Who doesn't want to do that? 
Mm. I would Everybody loves beaches. I would maybe listen to something other than Jimmy Buffett, but I mean, if I got my own private island. Fuck it. Fuck it. Investigators did also look into the possibility that maybe he changed his clothes and left the ugly tuna saluna undetected and wanting to start a new life. But when they reviewed the footage, they didn't see anyone that like resembled Brian um, and his like physical appearance. There was one person that they thought was possibly it. There was uh, like an orange hoodie guy thinking that maybe Brian put on an orange hoodie and left, but they were able to track down this guy. Not Had him. no relation. Of course. And plus, Brian didn't have anything on him to change into when he was walking into the bar. Oh. And he was last seen at 155 outside the bar, so you have five minutes to go in there, and find change. someone's clothes, change, and then leave again no. undetected. I, I think that's a bullshit scenario. Theory number two. Brian attempted to leave the bar intoxicated and became trapped or died somewhere in the area. Okay. Uh, because there's a lot of construction going on in the area around the Ugly Tuna Saluna when he had disappeared. That poses the question, did he try to leave through the service door and became injured in a construction zone? The police didn't feel like this was, like, a likely possibility, uh, because they said that they had reviewed all the footage that was available Mm -hmm. and conducted thorough checks of the area. But there's a lot of theories in regards to the construction that was going on in the area. So there's a lot of politics and stuff supporting why they were doing construction. So as I said earlier, this was a pretty sketchy area at the time. They were trying to basically like beautify the area so that it would attract more um, Ohio State University students. And then this was a major pet project of the state at the time like Mm -hmm. in the local area so Mm -hmm. like if they were to have a a student that was intoxicated and then get injured due to the construction that could cause a lot of bad pr and it could cost them a shit ton of money yeah deter a lot of people Mm -hmm. from coming yeah which is not what they're trying to do is bring people in right um so there's a lot of conspiracy theories on that on the the whole cover-up theory in general, or not even related to the beautification project, even just that building owner alone. Maybe they were trying to cover up the fact that he got injured, or if he was found dead, that they would try to cover up in fear of a lawsuit. Yeah. Like, maybe they can't afford it because they're a fucking dive bar. Right. In the middle of Columbus, Ohio. Or the possibility that somehow he slipped through the cracks and his remains were unfound. Yeah. Maybe they were within a small crevice or area of the building that was being worked on at the time. Like covered up in cement. Yeah, bricked, like covered up in up cement in or if you were in the wall. Um, different things like that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it was a pretty sketchy, divey place. So the smell, they don't think that anyone would have smelt oh, it either. Oh, yeah. Because it's a dive bar with scary-ass food. Mm, maybe that covered up the smell of a body. Moving on to theory number three. Brian left the Ugly Tuna Saluna, died somewhere after that. <laughs> what a theory. <laughs> what a theory. No shit. <laughs> So, well, the other one is he never, he was just trying to leave, but didn't really make it far. Gotcha. So, Brian's wallet and cell phone have never been found. His bed was still made the next day, so that's suggesting that he never made it home. Mm -hmm. So, what are the possibilities with this? Did he come across someone, get into a drunken argument with them that resulted in his death? Seems unlikely. Yeah. I mean, 
How I, I there I mean okay so drunken arguments between strangers happen all the time but how often is it that it results in death and is completely like unseen and unheard of mm-hmm. you know well even with that like they would just dump them they checked dumpsters yeah. they checked true like so where the fuck is he exactly yeah. where's the body because they're not gonna at two in the morning and you just leave a bar if something did go down. They're not even going to care to stash you. They don't give a shit. Yeah. And they've never come up with, like, his credit cards or anything like that. If you're going to steal money from the kid, you would at least try to take his credit cards right. or anything like that. And that's the easiest way to... Yeah. I mean, besides if he's got cash in his wallet, but... I well, mean... a college kid has cash. I don't know. It was 2006, so it might have been more common then than now. So his father, Randy Schaefer, he was pretty desperate at the time to get answers, trying to figure out, like, what happened to his son. So he did what a lot of people do in these situations and reached out to a psychic. The psychic he had consulted told him that Brian's body was in the water near a bridge pier. So Randy and Brian's younger brother, Derek, they started search parties and spent hours scouring the Alatangi River for signs of Brian or any of his belongings. But it was another dead end. They weren't able to find anything. Yeah, because his body was swimming around in the water next to a pier with a margarita in his hand. Oh, my God. I mean, that that could possibly be it. Sometimes psychics, whether you believe it or not, sometimes they don't have a full picture of it. Who knows? They just get a feeling. They just get a feeling or a sensation or a, a small inkling of what's going on. And you perceive it the way you will. Some people have attempted to link Brian's disappearance with the idea of the smiley face killer. So let me just enlighten you on what the smiley face killer theory is. Yes, please. So in 2008, there was two retired New York police detectives, Frank Gannon and Anthony Duarte. And they believe that this started since back in 1997 and stretching across 11 states from New York to Minnesota. There were 40 waterlogged corpses that had been drugged from rivers, lakes, ponds, different bodies of water. Uh, all the victims were white, college males, athletic, good-looking, academically successful, and they theorized that it was, like, envy-based killings, so possibly someone that was... Jealous. Jealous, dorky, clumsy, not very successful in life. So what they had theorized had happened is that they would spot these college guys at local bars or parties getting drunk on the evening that they had disappeared and then were discovered in like bodies of water. Smiley faces were found painted near where the detectives had determined the bodies had been dropped in the water. So it's a whole bunch of assumptions. Like a smiley face, that's like the easiest graffiti that you can do. Right. You see Um, smiley faces all over the place. Exactly. And also... Some disappearance occurred the same night, but in different states. Oh, okay. So the detectives concluded that this was a well-structured organization of killers. Okay. Just like a group getting together, (laughs) killing college guys. Hey, tonight at exactly this time, find a white male athletic college man. Throw him in the water. This this whole theory is widely discredited, so I would... I would not put all of your beans in this basket. No. It sounded cool at first. Like, at first I was like, nah, corpses wash up all the time. Exactly. And then you were like, but then they're all male, white, athletic. And I was like, oh, okay. It tickles your ears. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, but then, you know, 
some of them were found at the same time. You know, that's outlandish to me. Yeah, a little bit. Like, at some point, it's just coincidental. Um, It's a bullshit theory. (laughs) Bullshit. Bullshit. Moving on to theory number four. Hit me. Clint Florence was involved in Brian's disappearance. So, let's just take a look at all of this. Uh, He was one of the last people that saw Brian. Yeah. Uh, Clint was the only person to decline a polygraph test. Suspicious as fuck. Mm -hmm. Sergeant John Hurst said, We did find out that Clint and Brian had a verbal altercation inside the bar. We did try to get Clint to come and do a polygraph test, uh, but he contacted an attorney and decided not to take a polygraph. At which case, whenever he was approached, he had gotten a lawyer. His attorney was Neil Rosenberg, and... Clint just basically said, like, he didn't have anything to hide. He merely told everything that he knew from the beginning and didn't see any value in doing this again. Right, so either the dude did it or he... Knew of whereabouts. Right. Or helping him disappear. So there's there's a whole bunch of different ways you could spiral it, whether he knows about the disappearance or had something to do with his... Like, maybe he knew that Brian was, like, trying to bounce. ship. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was gonna go someplace and... Were they that good of friends? Like, that's just like... We're gonna be diving right into that. You are just picking away at this. I'm a detective. You're a detective. So, Clint was actually uh, Brian's (laughs) ex-roommate. Oh, wait. Ex-roommate. Ex-roommate. Okay. So, before the disappearance, uh, they didn't talk for a little over a month. Um, Uh Oh, until this night that he disappeared. Um, the rumor was that Clint was hitting on Brian's girlfriend, Alexis, at a Halloween party. Oh. And there was um, a, a lot of fighting back and forth between the two of them. And a little over a month before dis- his disappearance is when Clint had moved out. Intriguing. Intriguing. Also moving into the night that he did disappear, Clint said that Brian told him he was going to talk to the band. When the police interviewed the band Roadhouse that was playing there that night, they said that they never talked to Brian or ever heard of him. Oh. You can look at that a couple different ways yeah. because, I mean, it was a dive bar. They did serve their band, like the bands that played. Oh, so, like, gotcha. were yeah. they just drunk? Or do they just not remember talking to this guy? Because how many drunk people come up to the band and, like, try to talk to them at a bar? And also, how many times are you drunk and you're like, I'm gonna go fucking talk to the band! And then you get distracted because you see two pretty girls going down the escalator. (laughs) Good point. Touche. Since the disappearance, Clint stopped all communication with Brian's family. He never helped look for Brian or post any flyers. Yep. And there were some off statements... Bizarre statements from Clint. So we're going to jump into those right now. So one of the bizarre statements that Clint had said, uh, he said that Brian was always off running his mouth off to somebody and he just always wanders off. You know, normal shit that people say when your friend Friend disappears. disappears, Oh, he just always wanders off. I didn't think anything of it. He just always gets into fights with people. He's always running his mouth. What the fuck? Another weird statement. So, in April of 2009, uh, there was a post in The Lantern. It was Ohio State student newspaper. Uh, It was a a statement from Neil Rosenberg, Clint's attorney, stating, If Brian is alive, which is what I'm led to believe after speaking with the detective involved, then it is Brian, and not Clint, who is causing his family pain and hardship. Brian should come forward and end this. 
So basically victim blaming is yeah, what it sounds like. Uh, I understand that lawyers and attorneys have to protect their clients, but it's a little fucked up. Yeah, to a little say. bit a little bit harsh. We're gonna take a quick jump into all the rumors surrounding Clint. Okay. Um, I wasn't able to find any uh, evidence that would support these rumors, so I'm just gonna claim them as such. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, So there were rumors that Clint was a drug user. So was Brian trying to help his friend get drugs? Or is this why Clint may have reached out to a a lawyer or attorney at the time? Because if you're in the medical field, that could destroy you. Oh, yeah. And your career. So Mm. that was a rumor. There was a rumor that Clint went to Brian's place and stayed there for six hours straight. After the bar. Mm Mm-hmm. Well... If he did stay there, did he hide something? Did he take something? Was there evidence that would have pointed to Clint? It was just a rumor, so I wasn't able to find very much on it. I mean, you wouldn't find anything if something was taken. Yeah. Like, did he go there to clean up evidence? Uh, more rumors. So, mm-hmm. Clint said he would only speak about the case if he was granted immunity and was the only one to make such a request. <laughs> but this was in a newspaper. I wasn't able to find anything that had supported this. Oh. And the lead sergeant that was on it, um, he said that there was no such request made. These were just rumors I figured I'd mention. Yeah. Because some of these, whether they were true or not, had led people to believe that uh, Clint was responsible or had something to do with Brian's disappearance Mm. or what had happened to him. Another rumor is Clint was gay and was in love with Brian. (laughs) I wasn't able to find anything to support it. Everyone loves a good love story. Everyone loves love. I love love. I loved him so much I had to kill him. I used to love her. (laughs) Oh no. I had to kill her. Sorry. Uh, Brian's younger brother, Derek, I'll let you know what his feelings were on it. So he had stated, if Brian did take off somewhere, if that's the case, we just always had a strong feeling that Clint would possibly know that. I've always thought that he definitely knows something, but just won't come forward with it. So take that as you will. Uh, Alexis, Brian's girlfriend at the time, also thinks that Clint had something to do with it or knew about it. Uh, She felt that he was withholding information. She believes that it's likely her former boyfriend is dead and did not run off. I can't imagine he would have just done that, is what she had said. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, pretty depressing. Moving on to the honorable mention conspiracies that I have. Uh, One of them is that he left with the band. (laughs) Uh, They put him in one of their cases or in a box or something and snuck him out. So he went to go talk to the band and was like, hey... Can you put me in your uh, box and yeah, take me, me out? Yeah, put me in the drum set case carrier. Or put I'm me six in the foot fucking... two. Put me in your box. Yeah, fold me up. Like, uh... Break my legs. Break my legs in half. Um, shove me in any sort of musician case you have. And then sneak me the fuck out of here so that I can join your band. Bullshit. There was a conspiracy that he had left with an employee, but I couldn't find anything on it. Um... That's why it's in the honorable mentions. If I couldn't find any sustaining evidence, I'd just put it in honorable mentions. Also, he went to reunite with an ex in Texas. That's all I found on it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so take that what you will. Okay. Found an ex-lover and went with it. Uh, left his fucking car there and yeah. somehow got to Texas. Made it there. 
Also, his social security, his license, his credit cards, nothing has been used to this day. Because mm. uh, he's still, like, in the system. No so one... if something happened, it would ping and be yeah. like, oh. Yeah, no, nothing came up. No passport, no nothing. Yeah, so that doesn't seem likely to me. Because you can't go through this day and age without using your social security. You would think. Yeah, be- I mean, you, like, can't get a job. Mm-hmm. How are you going to survive without money? Who knows? Having a sugar mama in Texas. I guess. There was also the conspiracy that Clint and or Meredith had come onto or was in love with Brian in the past. Was this a passion killing? Hmm. And lastly, there was the suicide. People believe that maybe he had taken his own life. But even if it was a suicide, um, wouldn't somebody have found him yeah that's what because I was you say. can't really clean yourself up after no. a suicide attempt granted he was going through a large amount of stress at the time you know stressful factors such as like career choices going to school he was in a lot of financial debt um i read that somewhere it was upwards of like six figures Ooh. and uh school debts and just dealing with the stress of losing a family member if he was trying to propose or was in that point of his life, that is also stress, whether you're happy about it or not. Or even just external strains like family relationships. So his strained relationship with his father, because allegedly his father was having an affair while his mother was sick. But I say allegedly. I couldn't find much on the subject, but that was allegedly what had caused the strain on their relationship. So, I mean... Suicide, it was uh, one of the top conspiracy theories, but I just don't see it possible because you didn't find a body. Yeah. Because you can't easily hide your body when you kill yourself. Right. One of the only ways that I could imagine that happening and not finding him is if he jumped into a river. Mm Mm-hmm. But his body would wash up somewhere. Exactly. He wouldn't still be missing. At some point, you will float too, Mm -hmm. uh, is what I learned from it. So... Unless a psycho killer clown, alien clown, ate your whole entire body. But he wasn't a child. He was 27. That's a little bit out of the range. Unless he was super scared. Maybe his feet washed up. Sorry, I'm going on a <laughs> an it tunnel here. Okay, so other uh, thing I want to just bring up real quick, because I happened across this while I was doing research. Um, you can actually access this on YouTube. There was uh, an episode of, it's called Psychic Kids. It was a show that was on uh, A&E. So, uh, Psychic Kids, it was just a whole bunch of, like, creepy kids trying to um, develop their psychic capabilities. Okay. So, they took these group of, like, teenagers to the Ugly Tuna Saluna when it was still there. Fun fact, though, Ugly Tuna Saluna no longer exists, so don't try to go there. Not I a thing. wonder why. Uh, yeah. Is it the name? Is it the smell? <laughs> who it's, knows? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe these psychic kids do. But anyways, <laughs> they were uh, there when it was still within the plaza. So one of the kids stated there was a female, dirty blonde, not telling everything that had happened that night. Hmm. Uh, another child had felt physical assault that was in front of the balcony and shoved or injured. One felt jealousy or bad intent, but they all consecutively weren't sure like if he was still with them or was this just in spirit? Uh, so mm. not knowing like if he was alive or dead. So if you uh, believe in psychics and all that fun stuff, you can watch this short episode. It's only like 
15 minutes. That's on YouTube. I thought it was an honorable mention. Yeah. It's on my honorable mentions. That's interesting. And 14 years after the disappearance, there was, um, like, news reporting of a homeless man that was in Tijuana, Mexico, that they thought was possibly Brian Schaefer, but through DNA testing was not the case. Uh, Oh, so they actually tracked down the dude. Yeah, because he was was on a security camera that was in Tijuana, Mexico, sitting in, like, a bank lobby or some sort of building lobby. Well, it would make sense if he fucking upped and bounced. He might be homeless. Exactly. Yeah. Not another dead end. Dead end. So, did all of this leave you feeling empty? I did a lot of research. I'm still definitely empty. (laughs) Um, I know what happened. What had happened? It was Clint with the candlestick Mm. in the Wendy's. In the Wendy's? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a candlestick in Wendy's. That's a bougie-ass Wendy's. Find it, cops. Find it. <laughs> but yeah, I hope you uh, enjoyed this rabbit hole. If you want to get more Lost in the Sauce, you can definitely do so on your own. Have fun. If you can find anything. If you can find <laughs> anything more, go for it. Tell and me if about you do, it. let us know. You can uh, hit us up on that Facebook. Or that Instagram. Maybe even Twitter, if you have one. Is Twitter still relevant? I'm not sure. Well, we have one. We have one. Hit me up on it. I'll learn how to use it. (laughs) If you have tips on using Twitter, let me know. (laughs) Through Facebook. Bye-bye. Goodbye. The band was seen on camera walking down the hallway. The hallway. The hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Out of the back exit.